Take a wild guess how many Amityville movies there have been made since 1979. I don't know, 27. Actually, holy shit, that is entirely 100% correct. It is 27, dog. I wanted the 27. It is 27. Did you look that up? No. There's no way you can look it up that no, fast. It is 27 Amityville movies since 1979. You just, you just blew your fantasy because you, you perfectly guessed. I just remote you. That's what I want. Welcome back to the Trilog Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. Uh huh. And Ryan. Gotta love a V8 in the afternoon. <laughs> V8? Jesus. <laughs> what are you, like a gay tennis player? No. So what are you, what are you a mom in 1989? There's nothing <laughs> wrong with being a gay V8 drinking tennis player, by the way. Just because I shaved that. my head does not mean I'm Andre Agassi, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen you smash a tennis racket before. <laughs> I've smashed a lot. I mean, uh, yeah, you know. (laughs) Now, the question is, you're bald now, but prior to bald, did you have long flowing locks and a headband? Uh, Yes. I will neither confirm nor deny. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I will neither confirm nor deny that my hair used to be down to almost my shoulders. Oh, my God. It's fine even if it was a Hulk Hogan situation. Yeah, brother. <laughs> it's all real, brother. But it's just, it's real, but it's a mullet. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, uh, old, old Terry, what is it? What is his last name? Hot dog skin. Terry Balea. Balea, that's what it is. I think old Terry's hair is like, I think he has hot, like is six pieces skin of hair. And the <laughs> silken hair of a Chinese man. That's, uh, that's, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That's his look. The skin of a hot dog you and know, the silken hair of a Chinese man. You know they have that like joke where like a guy's like actually like bald in like a movie or whatever. They don't do it as much anymore, but they'd like rip off the wig. Yeah, and there'd just be some like super long like couple of hairs under there. That, yeah. that's, that's that's the Hulk Hogan situation. Brother, that that bandana's doing some heavy lifting, brother. <laughs> oh man! And speaking of heavy lifting, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, what are yeah. we talking about this week? Nasar Hassan uh, body. Former Mr. Olympia? Not not this week, Steve. I'm sorry. Okay. I love bodybuilding so much. So much that's, fun. That's when Steve just goes crazy that we have a bodybuilding episode. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just, does it, just Steve talks for the entirety of the episode. <laughs> it's one of those things that, that is like, uh, that showcases exactly how comfortable most men are in their, like, sexuality in this country. Like, you'll be sitting there reading, like, Flex Magazine or something. And some dudes will look at you weird, and some dudes won't, you know? Yeah. And you just be like, uh, it doesn't really matter what my sexuality is, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I happen <laughs> to enjoy bodybuilding. I think it's very interesting. <laughs> and I like, you're, looking you're at, just, I like looking at freaks. <laughs> and they're you're all just that, freaks. You're just that guy from that, that wrestling convention clip where he's just crying. Still real to like, me. Saying, I, I appreciate yeah. everything you do for your bodies for us, <laughs> dude. They are absolute freaks. I think I got. I wasn't. I like working out, and I got into it back in when I was in high school. And then um, my brother was like an amateur, and he did that stuff. But uh, 
but Muscular Development was the best magazine because that had Mr. Biceps, Greg Valentino, the fucking guy who just like stuck synthol straight into his bicep. Bro, listen, and those then he like wild. They're nuts, dude. And then he said that it was it was be, like kind of like a way he was dealing with the fact that his like girlfriend had died or whatever. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? That's every mental illness, sir. Greg, absolutely, because every Greg Valentino article in that magazine was in caps lock. Like it was, it was one hundred percent capital letters. Wow, Jesus Christ! Which I, which I imagine he typed with uh, single single digits. Like he was just like, oh yeah, just, just packing away at the yeah. keyboard. He had what we call uh, Ginji sword fingers, where he was just poking <laughs> with the index finger. <laughs> when you do uh, when you do Tai Chi, there's like a posture where you just have your your three fingers down and your your index up with your thumb tucked. When you when you bring the and that's that's how he types he just tap 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 after that awkward pause we didn't lose you did we who me no i'm still no i'm still here i I muted the mic because i was typing okay because you you just sort of like went silent (laughs) do we we drop steve (laughs) oh man well this week gentlemen we're going to be talking about a very serious subject as we move into the uh into the uh, the spooky season of Halloween. Let's go. It's about the adversary of mankind, the devil, and those who fight against the devil. And by that I mean specifically Christian Ed and Lorraine moms. Warren. Oh, oh Ed and Lorraine yeah. Warren. Yeah, I just posted the devil in the chat. <laughs> but Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even look fucking real, bro. It that's looks gonna, like it. it <laughs> we're gonna talk about the devil, but that's gonna be the image I put for the actual <laughs> episode. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> oh man, synthol is just like such wild shit because the people that do it, it's an immediate giveaway that they have mental illness because it doesn't look Absolutely. real whatsoever. It's body dysmorphia. It doesn't look good either. Yeah, it's it body dysmorphia good, on like a. It's a, it's wild. It looks wow. like an, instead of a like biceps and triceps, it just looks like he has like a smeary veal palm just inside. <laughs> he, has, <laughs> he, he suffers from what they commonly refer to as Akira arms. Yeah, <laughs> we saw the guy in real life. My brother actually met him. He said he was a super nice guy. I'm like, you gotta be because you gotta be down to earth if you're walking around with a fucking goddamn uh, pork cutlet on each side of your arm. You know, like fucking weird. Um, anyway, so, we're so for those about who don't know. Well, we're going to be talking about Ed and Lorraine Warren, people oh, who are definitely. constantly, constantly after the oh, devil. Oh, we're specifically talking about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love Ed and Lorraine um, Warren. They're fucking lunatics. Let's they're go. so fucking <laughs> crazy. I love it. They're fucking Because they're, uh, they're also, uh, they're also like part of the, uh, the Conjuring cinematic universe that they're at the center yeah. of, which they, they got some definite uh, glow ups on the casting. And they also, yeah, if you, they they also fit in, into um, the uh, Tri-Level Troika's extended universe of Grifters, too. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yes. yeah. A lot of people that are in that like whole thing, they, they don't like Ed Lorraine Warren. They won't even have them on their shows or anything. But, but you, uh, well, well, it kind of helps that they're dead. But. Yeah, they're dead now, <laughs> but yeah. Back you guys the think but they're haunting people now because they're I, dead? I, <laughs> no, because they're not. They're not demons. Because only demons haunt people, will, not ghosts. Ryan, are you and they're, sure? And they're, Lorraine Warren was kind of a bitch. <laughs> I will state my opinion again. I leave the. I leave the. Uh, just a chance that there is uh, ghosts and stuff like that, but I largely my, think it's bullshit. The, the thing that disappoints me the most about them 99%. is that like. 
is that because they're from Connecticut and you automatically assume that they have like some some weird like northeastern like accent. Um, but they don't. They they're just like they they have like the most boring like non like Milk like standard toast. American like English accent. <laughs> just like that generic American, you know. Yeah. Oh shit! Um, Lorraine Warren lived until 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Oh she, man, I didn't know she lived that long. Yeah, Ed died like uh, much earlier, didn't he? Yeah, he died in 2006. Yeah, that's a long time ago, man. God damn. I don't know. I look at I look at pictures of Ed from like the seventies, and I'm like that that man has to suffer from like heart disease, diabetes. He looked he looked very old, and he also like he had those eyes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yes, like he, he always had, had like the rings around him. Yes, yeah, he had eyes for sure. <laughs> he kind of looks like a guy that like got busted during the Rico predicate raids in the late seventies. <laughs> yeah, he does he does kind of look like a like a Long Island mobster. <laughs> Like a guy hey, who just wears a tracksuit all the time. I'm telling you, you guys, there's ghosts. I'm telling you, <laughs> this dude has absolutely said gabagool unironically at some point. In his yeah, lifetime. no, that's what he went to. That's what he went to his Halloween parties as the gabagool. It's <laughs> the greatest thing ever. There it is. There's the episode title right there. Ed and Lorraine Warren, the original gabagools. <laughs> the original gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just going to be a picture of fucking, fucking Greg Valentino's stupid arm. No, it's that Gabagool uh, Halloween costume. It looks like, like yeah. it's basically a sheet, like a goat sheet, but it's like sliced deli meats. But it's sliced deli meats. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so Ed Warren was born on September 7th, 1926 in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, and Lorraine uh, was born uh, Lorraine Rita uh, Moran. On uh, January thirty first, nineteen twenty seven, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Okay, um, they were both uh, members of the Roman Catholic Church, which is something that informs a lot of their um, their, their universe of, of demon, demonology. Um, and they were married in nineteen forty five. Um, on January eleventh, nineteen forty six, uh, Lorraine gave birth to their uh, to their daughter uh, Judy Warren. Um, Ed himself was a, a self-taught and self-professed uh, demonologist, author, and lecturer. Um, and, and Lorraine uh, claimed to be uh, clairvoyant um, and a uh, white trance uh, medium. Being a demonologist uh, sounds so cool if it wasn't just meant absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of it, is if you really push the grift and you monetize it, I mean, it's a great... It is cool. It's cool as shit. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I'm a demonologist? That sounds so yeah. cool. I've written 50 books on the subject. They're completely How many demons have you seen? Ah, none. Completely none fucking made up. What I do is I, I take out my Malleus Maleficarum, and I just kind of, you know... Make it up as I go along. <laughs> if if they were if they were alive today and like younger, they would definitely be on TikTok. They would be on no, excuse me, they would not be on TikTok. They would be on Truth Social, and you fucking know it. <laughs> they would have a they would have a they would have a show on Rumble. Folks, the Ed and Lorraine Warren, the Ed and Lorraine Warren are saying that a lot of people are saying that Ed and Lorraine Warren have seen ghosts. <laughs> ghosts voting for Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> you got tons of votes. A lot of the people voted for her were the ghosts. And talk to him directly, folks. And talk to him. And they told him. They told him they were fans oh of Donald Trump, God. but they were forced no. to vote for did Hillary. You no, see, no. Did you see? Like, not to get political, because he's not a politician, but did you, did you <laughs> recently see the video of him saying, uh, indict the motherfucker about Joe no. Biden? 
Yes, dude. Hilarious. He's on stage. He's like, if you have all this evidence like we got against crooked Joe Biden, indict the motherfucker. Like that on stage. That's incredible. Unbelievable, dude. Just hilarious. In, in 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, um, which is uh, the oldest ghost hunting organization uh, in New England. Mm. Um, they, uh, they would write many books about the paranormal. Um, and about their investigations into paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they claim to have investigated over 10,000 cases during their career. See? Shit. What did I say? I've investigated okay. 10,000 <laughs> cases of ghosts. <laughs> oh, have you? Oh, that's cool. Which is which is the thing about the Warrens, as, as we'll find out, is that a lot of it is, uh, if you just keep saying something, people believe it, not really, you know, check into things. Um, so yeah, the Warrens... To a certain extent... Stupid people yeah, but, do that. But, but but you'll but you'll see because like a lot of stuff gets um gets put around like the first case we'll talk about where like if you actually look into it like well, that's it's, my it's thing kind of interesting when they were really popular it was harder to look into things and nowadays yeah, yeah. nowadays it is just an it is an intellectual form of just absolute indolence for you to not look something up that like, was a good fucking word in, okay keep going you got it every time <laughs> every time I, I was just playing scrabble for like two hours every time i uh have been wrong uh it was because i didn't look it up first and then i got in like this big argument and i was like what am I? It happened to me a couple of months ago. My wife, she was completely in the right, and I was so wrong. And I, I looked it up, and I was, it was so hard to take. But I was like, "Fuck, I didn't look it up." God, what did we, what, what did we do before the internet? Like, we would just allow like your older brother's friend to call, tell you some shit, you and you believe people it. like Steve. That's what you do. Well, that's call that's what the encyclopedia. That's why that's why you had to spend like like two thousand dollars every year on an Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, we had the Britannica. It was the shit. I used to the love sitting there book. reading it. And then you then you had to lug you had to lug the old one down to the I had the macro and the micropedia too, dude. Like both rows. It was great. Always missing like one letter out of the encyclopedia set too. Yeah. It was L. <laughs> and, it was and now, always fucking L. <laughs> and now, if you want to learn about like Yugoslavia, you just go straight to the Encyclopedia. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh. I go to ask Jeeves, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> this is danger talk. Uh, so anyway, you, um, Yugoslavians, Ed Lorraine Warren. Um. So they're. What they professed for most of their like career, where they were very popular, um, their belief was that demonic forces could possess those who lacked faith. Um, but originally, uh, throughout the 50s and 60s, uh, the Warrens uh, exclusively dealt with uh, ghosts, as in just general like disembodied spirits of the dead. Um, but in uh, 1971, um, William Peter uh, Blatley um, he released the hit novel The Exorcist. Mm. So while while The Exorcist is like it does draw on some like real cases of demonic possession, I think the main one from The Exorcist is from like 1949. Let's back up a second. Uh, real reported well, cases. Of well, Exorcist. well, what I say when I say real cases, I mean the Catholic Church. The, the Vatican sent like an exorcist right, or whatever, right, right. an exorcist came and like exorcist. did this. Yeah. Like most most like. I don't. I don't believe in demonic possession. No. I, like I, I think that's illness. that's pretty. It's just generally mental illness or or some other thing um, that that they just use the excuse that it's like demons and then they just like torture people. Right. Um, 
By the way, he, Pope, he, Pope's Exorcist was a good movie. It's good, good, good little scary movie. Well, you don't you, you got to bet on the crow. Yeah, you always bet on the crow. Um, so this book comes out in 1971. The movie doesn't come out until 1974, but it's like a bestseller. Um, so right after this, like after it becomes like a hit seller, um, the Warrens change their story that instead of ghosts, it's demons that they uh, deal with. Ah. So they're just, they're just up, they're up in the ante, right? Because ghosts are cool, yeah. Scooby Doo, fun. Everybody Rift loves in them. in the goalposts. Fuck it, now we're going ghosts demons. are old hat. <laughs> ghosts are old hat. You know, demons. That, that's boomers. what's in. Only boomers seek ghosts. You know, we're yeah, not, are you scared of like, that boomers. little? Oh, are you shit. scared of a bed sheet that floats around? Ooh, stop <laughs> well, it. I'll, I'll say you this, Ryan. Are you afraid of a raggedy Ann doll? Uh, yes. If we're talking about Annabelle, I am terrified of that fucking thing. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because they were so, involved in all the good, like supernatural bro, shit. Well, they, bro, when they I was, just wormed, uh, they wormed their way into some things, which we'll talk about. But so anyway, my grandparents had this like down at the end of their stairs. They had this like doll in this chair, mm-hmm. and it was one of those like like female dolly kind of things that had like the glassine eyes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. They look like yeah. fucking real. Yeah, and. It wasn't like those paintings where they paint the eyes in the way where, like, no matter where you go, it looks like it's looking at you kind of thing. Right. But yeah, we yeah, went yeah. down those stairs. The first thing that was fucking looking at you was that goddamn demonic ass doll, you know? So, yeah. yes, I'm fucking afraid of Raggedy Ann. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fuck Raggedy Ann. Fuck ghosts. I, I, I mean, the Annabelle doll is creepy as shit. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But, it's, but it's creepy on purpose, right? Yeah. Well, yes, but I mean, like, the movie makes it worse. Sure. Yeah, the... The the movie asked to like one for copyright reasons. It, I, I'm assuming they they change it up and two to make it more frightening because it's literally like one of those like big like raggy andals. Yeah, like like I feel like in the 80s they made them smaller, but like an OG um, raggedy andal, like it's like bigger than big, you think. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's huge and it also like is the most unthreatening doll like ever. Yeah, those giant. It's the giant eyes, man. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's like the it's the it's the it's the fact that it's a giant doll, and it's the eyes is what it is. Um, so the the case of uh, Annabelle was sort of like one of their first ones, um, and that happened in 1971. So like soon after they switch over to the whole demon thing. Um, so originally, um, the the story is is that these two women, um, uh, uh. Uh, one of them uh, named uh, Angie, um, and the other one, because um, the the they're they're not uh, they're not forthright with the the names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you'd be able to go back and research and figure out that they're full of shit. Listen, classic grifting one hundred and one. No details that you could be pinned down to. A- Angie, Angie, and Donna. Yeah, sounds like two made up names. Um, so Angie and Donna technically um, all names are made up, right? All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking pedant, <laughs> this asshole. All right. Um, so they they find this uh, they find this doll, um, and uh, they they sort of like they they sort of put it in their um, in their apartment um, as just like on a on like a on like their sofa or whatever to sit around. Um, but then they notice that um, the doll seemed to move about the room. Um, and that, uh, for instance, uh, Donna would, uh, sit her on the living room sofa, um, uh, before going to work. And when she would come home, it, she would find the doll, um, in her bedroom with the door shut, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ed denied um, doing it. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. I don't know how, I don't know how she doll. got in there. That's the how I'm going to say it talks. It talks like this. I don't know how the doll got in there. Uh, both uh, Donna and Angie would also start finding notes left around the apartment that read, uh, help me. Um, and according to them, the notes were written on parchment paper, mm. uh, which they did not keep in their home. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the weirdest thing of this all, because who's out of parchment paper, you know? <laughs> you know, I always make sure I'm up. You know, I get a Costco. I get the big reams of parchment paper. To me, know, to me, Steve, the, the big scrolls. It's the uh, it's the forethought. You know what I mean? Like people might need something to write on. You know, and they don't want to use vellum every single time. So yeah. So when I was younger, I learned what parchment paper was the hard way. When uh, I made cookies, but put wax paper down instead of parchment paper and put it in the oven oh no <laughs> my mom beat the shit out of me i just smoke everywhere <laughs> uh, my mom made me wear parchment paper shorts for a week <laughs> it was very tenuous um so angie's uh boyfriend lou um was also in the apartment one afternoon uh while uh, donna was out um and he heard a, a rustling in a room and and he thought someone had broken in um, when he inspected the room, uh, he found that there was no sign of, of someone breaking in, but he found the Annabelle doll lying face down on the ground. Um, other, um, other versions of the story also say he was attacked by the doll, um, uh, when waking up from a nap. Mm. Um, but suddenly, um, after entering the room, he felt a searing pain on his chest, looked down to find bloody claw marks running across it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, two days later, the the marks uh, mysteriously disappeared. Interesting. Uh, so, due to the doll's uh, strange behavior, um, they approached a psychic um, who told them that the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a deceased girl named Annabelle Higgins, um, whose body had been found years earlier on the site where their apartment building was. Is there any truth um, to that whatsoever that we know of? Well, no, and we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, the, the medium claimed that the spirit was uh, benevolent um, and that it simply wanted to be loved and cared for. That's a seven-year-old, of course. Um, so the, uh, the, they tried to uh, uh, accept and nurture the doll, um, but um, the doll continued to elicit um, or exhibit uh, malicious and frightening behavior. Wait, 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 did you say that they tried to nurture the doll? Yes. <sighs> All right. <laughs> How? Um, well, they, I tried guess to, they tried just... to breastfeed it, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but I this guess... fucking guy went from, like, you know, rocking it, you know, talking, <laughs> jumped straight to weird fetish. Just went right to fetish. Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Lorraine Warren was arrested for breastfeeding a raggedy hand doll. Indecent exposure. Yeah. <laughs> That's what killed her husband. He was shocked. Shocked. Shocked when she showed her ankle off in the 70s. You mean there's been a ghost of this household, Ty Lorraine? You've been feeding it breast milk? (laughs) Jesus. I've been asking you to try the nectar of the gods for months now, and you won't let me try it, but you'll give it to a doll? It was after after this that the Warrens were contacted, um, and they would would investigate it, um, eventually moving it to their, their museum. I think this is the greatest uh, part where they're, I don't know if I'm getting too ahead here, but they take it to their museum and Ed's like, hey, uh, it might be really demonic. So I'm going to put basic ass uh, pine car derby, balsa wood, and plexiglass <laughs> together, and it's going to contain this demonic spirit. 
It's yeah, it's incredible. like it's like it's like they live in a world like these these forces will will kill you and like allegedly, which we'll talk about. The doll has allegedly killed people who visited the museum, but it's like. You're, you're charging people like what, like five dollars to come to your your museum with like cursed <laughs> items. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Even if it was real and you believe that, you're like, oh yeah, you want to see the doll? Don't get too close or it'll kill you. How do you keep it secure? Uh, this this <laughs> shitty safe thing that I built. I don't know. <laughs> we got we got some yarn that we wrap around the door on the cabinet. <laughs> Oh, the door's just, it, it holds shut with magnets. That's it. It's, uh, no, it's pipe cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Ed said of it, spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. The spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll. It was looking to possess a human host. Ah, interesting, interesting. The uh, the Warrens, uh, they noted that there were signs of demonic possession around the doll, including uh, teleportation, uh, the doll uh, being able to move on its own, materialization, uh, the the parchment paper notes and the mark of the beast, which was the uh, the claw marks that appeared on Lou. The mark of the beast was a barcode or some shit that was going to go in your wrist or some nonsense like that. No, it's actually that's, it's, that's just it's just it just refers to Nero. That's all it is. Well, well, you just need to watch the educational music video Donna Don't Go and from from the Family International, and you can you can see what it's all about. Sorry, I, I I'll put that on the list. I just I got another educational video to watch uh, later on this afternoon. It's called it's called Like a Virgin from Madonna. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, the Warrens, uh, they ordered an exorcism of the apartment to be formed by a Catholic priest, Father Cook. Um, Father then Malachi they, they, Martin. Father yeah. Cook, Father Cook, how you doing there, Father? Now, if, if Malachi Martin was there, he would have, like, probably destroyed the dog. <laughs> yeah. We must burn this. This is Ma- Satan Malachi itself. Martin. Malachi Martin would have just, like, spin-kicked the doll's head off the second he got in the apartment. <laughs> no, he, you know what Malachi Martin would do? He'd walk right in, and the first thing he would ask him is, like, have you been breastfeeding it? Like that. <laughs> and they'd say yes, and I, he'd be like, that's a terrible thing, and then it would just be... I, I've never seen Malachi Martin, but but I, but I some for some reason I imagine him looking out. like Father Guido Sarducci. Um, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> So, he, lo- and I'm he sure, looks like your classic priest, dude. And I'm yeah, I'm sh- sure he looks pretty normal. I'm sure I know the answer to this already, but so if you have a demonic doll who's like killing people, allegedly hurting people, kind uh, of like Robert people, Frost, actually. Sorry. Why don't you just kill kill the doll? Why don't you just light it on fire? Just throw it in the trash. Get rid of it. <laughs> I know, I know. It's the grift. The grift always got it. Look, the the, the grift never stops. I it'll know. it'll come back, Ryan. <sighs> Okay. The Griff or it'll, loves or it'll just be, or it'll just be all like burned up, like Chucky. Um, at least so it'll be Warrens, creepy. Yeah, that's true. The Warrens uh, ordered a exorcism of the apartment, um, and they they would uh, take the doll um, uh, from uh, from the house after the exorcism. Um, so they uh, buckled the Annabelle uh, the Annabelle doll um, in the backseat of their car, um, and they decided that they would not take the highway. Um, in case she had some kind of accident causing power um, over them in the vehicle. Um, but even the uh, the regular back roads uh, proved risky for them. Um, um, on their way home, Lorraine claimed that the brakes 
um, either stalled or failed on their car several times, um, resulting in uh, uh, almost resulting in uh, in really bad accidents. Uh, she also claimed that as soon as Ed uh, pulled holy water from his bag and doused the doll with it, the problem with the brakes disappeared. Yeah, it wasn't the doll. It was the fact that it was a 1972 Chevy Nova, and <laughs> holy water just happened <laughs> to get on the car itself and fix the car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yep. My dad has a Chevy Nova. It was great. Well, I mean, I think it's even funnier. It just shows how shitty of a car it is. That's by Ryan's, Ryan's joke. This is like a straight off the lot 72 Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> it's got everything you could ever want. Shitty drum brakes and everything. I'm just going to fail on you going 25 miles an hour down a rural road. These are snare drum brakes. They're, uh, they're loud. <laughs> Hey Steve, we scored six oh. points against Houston. That's good. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely they're going to come back. Yeah. Um. So uh, upon arriving at their home, actually, the, uh, t- they the p- team is completely dead, and Ed, Lorraine, Warren are currently investigating. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a seance. <laughs> they're checking it out for us. I mean, I'm sure Annabelle would be a better better quarterback than Pickett, but probably <laughs> Kyle because you know a- a- after they after they uh, arrived home. Uh, they placed the doll in Ed's study, where they reported that the doll would uh, levitate um, and move about the house. Um, even when placed in a, in a locked office um, in an outer building, uh, they claimed that she would turn up uh, inside the house. Um, so the Warrens had a specifically made uh, glass and wood case, uh, upon which they inscribed the Lord's Prayer and St. Michael's Prayer. Nice. Okay. Um, for the rest of his life, Ed would uh, periodically say a binding prayer over the case, um, which he believed would keep the uh, the spirit, the sinister spirit inside Annabelle uh, trapped. Now, do you do you think that they actually bought into their own bullshit? Of course they did. Like a Whitley Strieber. Uh, listen, uh, what, what's the saying? Uh, the longer you stare into the abyss, the abyss uh, stares the back at you or some shit? I was. That's not what that's referring to. <laughs> I was no? uh, I was doing the laundry, and Anne uh, put the clothes in the dryer. That's my Whitley Strieber. <laughs> Anne's been dead um, for ten years. The doll would remain in the glass case at their museum um, until the museum's closing. Um... Uh, once they, they claim a priest was visiting the Warren's museum, um, and picked up the Annabelle doll, um, and didn't believe in its demonic abilities. Uh, Ed warned the priest about mocking Annabelle, um, but the young priest would laugh it off. Um, and on his way uh, home, the priest was involved in a near fatal crash, uh, that had totaled his new car. Um, he claimed that, uh, he saw Annabelle in the rearview mirror just before the accident. Ah, so that's his way of uh, trying to explain away the fact that he was not paying attention to what the fuck he was doing, and he crashed into somebody. <laughs> really? But listen, listen to what he said. He, he saw Annabelle in the rearview mirror. Come on, man. Oh my god. Um. Uh. Years later, another visitor would uh would taunt the Annabelle doll by rapping on the glass case, um, and laughing at um at her, um, and on the on his way home. He reportedly lost control of his motorcycle and crashed into a tree. He oh. was killed instantly, oh. um, and his girlfriend uh, just barely survived. Um, she claimed that um, at the time of the accident, the couple had been laughing about the Annabelle doll. 
Okay, so oh something like that should be cor- should be able to be like looked up and which, see how true it is. Which is the uh, the names of the uh, the young priests and the and the um and the the couple riding the motorcycle have never been divulged. Of course, God um, damn it. And also, neither uh, Donna or Angie, the uh, the two nurses uh, who who had Annabelle, uh, have ever come forward with their story. And neither a Father Cook or uh, Father Hegan appeared to have mentioned the exorcisms of her ever again. God, the amount of the Catholic priests involved with it. Incredible, the, 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 the tales that they weave. It's, oh, God. Great grifters, though. I give them credit. Like, they, they earned every penny of their grift. <laughs> I mean, they completely bought into their own bullshit. Um, in 1971, uh, the Warrens claimed that the Harrisville, Rhode Island home of the, the Perron family was haunted by a witch who would live there in the early 19th century. What the fuck? In okay. in January of 1971, wait, just uh, like out of nowhere, they just claim like, they just look them up in the phone book and claim just it. Just driving down the road, and yeah, this right house there. has a witch in it. I'm <laughs> Ed <one>. Warren. <laughs> do you have witch witch insurance? Yeah, do you have witch insurance? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go no, on. but they 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 reported it first, and so then they they would they would come in and like swoop in and like uh, popularize it and like like sort of like. Get, Get get the demon train going. <laughs> um, so in January of 1971, uh, the Perron family moved into a 14-room farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island. That's a big-ass farmhouse. That's, yeah, that's a big <laughs> one. There, uh, Carolyn, uh, Roger, and their five daughters began to notice strange things happening um, soon after they moved in. According to the Warrens, um, a uh, Bathsheba um, Sherman Bathsheba. Uh, had, curse, had cursed the land... Um, so that uh, whoever lived there uh, would somehow die of a terrible death. Okay. <laughs> um, the the haunting started small. Um, uh, Carolyn would notice that the uh, that the broom would go missing um, when she was looking for it, um, or that it seemed to move about uh, the place um, on its own. Um, she would also hear the sound of something scraping against the kettle in the kitchen when no one was in there, and she'd find small piles of dirt in the center of a newly cleaned kitchen floor. Hmm. Interesting. Um, the girls would notice spirits around the house, um, though uh, mostly they were uh, harmless. Um, however, there were a few that they claimed were angry. Um, uh, Carolyn uh, uh, allegedly uh, researched the history of the home and discovered that it had been um, in the, the same family for eight generations and that many of them had died under mysterious or horrible circumstances. Um, several of the children had drowned in a nearby creek, one was murdered, and a few of them hanged themselves in the attic. Oh. Um, it turns out there was uh, actually a real person named uh, Bathsheba uh, Sherman um, who lived on the pro- uh, lived on the property in the ma- in the mid eighteen hundreds. Um, she was rumored to have been a Satanist, and there was evidence that she had been involved in the death of a neighbor's child, though no trial ever took place. Oh goddamn. Um. Uh, she was uh, buried in a nearby Baptist cemetery in downtown Harrisville. Um, so the Perons believed that um, that uh, Bathsheba's spirit was uh, tormenting them. Um, according to Andrea, uh, the family experienced other spirits as well that smelled like rotting flesh and uh, would cause their beds to rise off the floor. This is this is what we um, or what they based the Conjuring off of, right? This is the the second Conjuring film. The second Conjuring film. Okay. Have you guys ever seen the actual like the real life house that like the Conjuring's based off of? Have you ever seen it? 
no. Uh, it is. I'll show you. So I'll put it in. The oh chat. no, no. This is this is the Conjuring one. Conjuring two is the next one we're going to talk about, which is like, which is really funny considering what actually happened. So the Conjuring house, it it looks so friggin' creepy, bro. Like it looks like a rundown ass shack from the outside, like a large, large property. But it looks just run down, and it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere. So that just looks creepy as shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a 200-year-old farmhouse. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, I get it. <laughs> um, so uh, they, they believe that the, the spirit was uh, tormenting them um, and that, uh, that uh, as well, uh, the father, uh, it was claimed that when he would enter the basement, he would feel a cold, stinking presence behind him. Um, they, they often stayed away from the, uh, the cellar, which was dirt floored, um, but the uh, heating equipment would often fail mysteriously, causing him to go down there to fix it. Um, over uh, over the span of a decade, the family lived in the house, um, and the Warrens made multiple trips to investigate. At one point, uh, Lorraine conducted a seance um, in an attempt to contact the spirits that were possessing the family. Uh, during the seance, uh, Carolyn uh, uh, Perron um, became possessed, speaking in tongues and rising from the ground in her chair. Um, after the seance, though, uh, Roger uh, kicked the Warrens out and warned about his uh, wife's mental uh, uh, being worried about his wife's um, mental uh, stability. Um, according uh, to Andrea, uh, the family continued to live in the house due to financial instability until they were able to move in 1980, at which point the spirits were silenced and the haunting ceased. Um, as mentioned, this was the basis for the for the 2013 film The Conjuring. Yep. Um, which uh, Lorraine would also be a consultant on and also appeared in a cameo role in the film. Really? Yeah. She like a yeah, receptionist? She was, yeah, she like was selling, selling chiclets or something? Or what? She was in it like Stan Lee cameos in Marvel movies. That's oh what she did. Oh she did the Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. <laughs> she, did, she did the Pee Wee Herman cameo. She basically showed up to make sure that they weren't tarnishing the good name of the Warrens. Aging Lorraine Warren, aging Warren. <laughs> <laughs> which which is also kind of like of the the way that they cast that movie is is kind of like the casting of of Pee Wee Herman in the uh, the Pee Wee Herman oh, movie, yeah. Pee Wee's oh, Big yeah. Adventure. Oh yeah. Um, the Warrens also became known for their involvement in the 1975 Amityville horror case. Let's go! This is my shit right here. Um, though they're not really like we won't go into it too much because they just sort of came after the fact. Um, they weren't involved with it because the Lutzes, uh, George and Kathy Lutz, um, they did a lot of like the groundwork for that and also uh, published the, had the novel made, the, the Amityville Horror. Yeah. Um, and it was this belief that their home, which I'm sure everybody's familiar with it because it's just been done to death, was uh, haunted by a violent demonic uh, presence um, that eventually drove them out of the house. Um, th- this was uh, sort of also related to an actual murder that happened to the house when uh, Ron DeFeo Jr. Uh, murdered his whole family in the house. Six people killed them all, shot them all to death, 
the whole case is wild if you actually like go back and like like read the actual Amityville case, the DeFeo case, basically like the actual part. Uh-oh. What you could argue is like the most haunted Uh-oh. part of this house. Like Ronald DeFeo, he was a fucking psychopath. Like it, it, oh god, it's wild. Your excitement about it is making me think we're like going to turn into murder murder mommies here. So let's just let's back up. Let's take a break. We're gonna we're gonna be like that uh, <laughs> that one like true crime podcast that's always at the top of like the Patreon hey, murder mommies. Murder yeah, where they just where they just have that like that like smiling like almost like soy soy face look on their their yeah, face in the picture and it's like and it's like yeah and she was raped and murdered and dumped in the dumpster. <laughs> oh well, I want to tell you now the best part, and I'm sure he'll mention this, but the best part of like the DeFeos, uh, uh, I don't even know if it was their part of the investigation, but the picture it's the creepiest picture I have ever seen in my life. It's the little boy on the top of the stairs. If you don't which know, was which was proven to be a hoax. No, don't don't ruin it oh, for me, there it man. Goes. He just he was oh. edging. Um, he was feeling good. Oh. Anyway, if you've never seen it, it's a picture. He's all edged up. You're looking at basically um, a banister and a staircase, and it, it kind of goes up like in a U shape. Doctor Banister. Sorry. On the on the side of the photo, it's very clearly a little boy, and you can make out his head perfectly, but his eyes are perfectly white. And it looks like he's looking right at the camera. And I, I guess there were cameras set up in the house, like, on timers just to kind of take photos like they used to do when people, you know, actually believed that ghosts were, like, a real thing that you could capture on film and everything. And uh, then They it's still just, do, buddy. <laughs> it's just this perfectly developed picture of a child. And it's just creepy as fuck. I'm surprised um, you've never seen it, to be honest, Steve. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I've never seen it. There you go. Um... Two, two authors, uh, Stephen and Roxanne Kaplan, who wrote The Amityville Horror Conspiracy, um, characterized the case as a hoax. Uh, Lorraine Warren obviously believed that it wasn't and said, said as much. Uh, the Haunting was again the basis for the 1977 book The Amityville Horror, which was adapted into a 1979 film and remade in 2005, having the same name. Um, this also spawned a film series that would uh, come out well into the uh, 90s, I believe. Yeah. Um, the Warrens' uh, version of events is partially um, adapted into the beginning of The Conjuring uh, Part 2. Um, and according to uh, Benjamin Radford, uh, the story is uh, ref- uh, has been uh, refuted by eyewitnesses, investi- um, investigations, and forensic evidence. Um, in 1979, uh, lawyer William Weber stated that he... Jay Anson and the occupants of the home invented the horror story over "quote unquote" many bottles of wine. Yeah, I mean that that perfectly makes sense. Um, soon after this, in 1977, um, <clears throat> in um, in England, um, a single parent, uh, Peggy Hodgson, um, called the uh, Metropolitan Police to her um, to a rented home at 284 Green Street in Enfield, London. Um, the, uh, her family had begun seeing and hearing strange things. Um, Janet, um, who was aged 11 at that time, uh, recalled sitting up in bed, uh, to see her dresser slide across the, uh, room that she shared with her brother. This would be the, uh, the notable case of the Enfield poltergeist. Um, so I just looked it up because I was curious. Take a wild guess how many Amityville movies there have been made since 1979. I don't know, 27. Actually, holy shit, that is entirely 100% correct. It is 27, dog. I wanted the 27. 
It is 27. Did you look that up? No. no. There's no way you could have looked it up that no, fast. You just, 27 you Amityville movies since 1970. You just, you just blew your fantasy because you, you perfectly guessed. I just remote viewed. The number. That's what it was. I I got. You just, you just add dames that shit. Yeah, I add dames that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's wild that you that you guessed that. Pulled that one out of your ass. I'm like, a little shocked. That uh, yeah, 27 Amityville since that. <laughs> good lord, talk about beating something into the ground. I guess I'll never complain about Marvel again. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, The Conjuring is kind of like the uh, the, the Mar- Marvel movies for for horror. Because they have like all the spinoffs, like James Wan's like, all right, so we're gonna have the nun, then we're gonna have the nun origins, and we're gonna have <laughs> bro. Some of the, the names, the fucking Amityville movies have nothing to do with it. the Amityville Terror, the Amityville Prison, Amityville Dollhouse, the Amityville 3D. What? <laughs> Why? I mean, we could we could almost we could almost do an episode on on somewhat related film uh, Poltergeist. The witches all of the, Amityville all the, Academy. Oh, like, what is this which, Hulu which series? All the, which all the all the stuff that happened on it, and the fact that it was like secretly directed by Steven Spielberg, and oh god, Amityville, evil never dies. Like, come on, man. It's, it's a fucking. <laughs> I've heard movie. of that one. That one I've heard of. <laughs> oh wow. Um. So the family began to hear knocking coming from all sorts of places in the house. Um, and that um, she uh, Janet remembered that her uh, mother thinking that there were burglars or uh, drifters hiding out in the home and would call the police to investigate. Um, the officer who arrived reportedly witnessed a chair rise up and move across the floor on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, reporters for the Daily Mirror, a, a reputable paper, um, <laughs> who were also yeah. called in <laughs> to report on the, the haunting experience them for themselves, too. Uh, Legos and marbles uh, would reportedly fly around the room. And they were hot to the touch when picked up. Mm. Um, clothing that was folded on tabletops would leap off of them and fly across the room. And the sound of dogs barking would be heard in empty rooms. Lights would flicker. Coins would drop out of thin air. And furniture would spin or tip over without being touched. I don't care about all that. The worst part would be the laundry. Imagine folding all your laundry just to have some asshole ghost just pick it up and fling it across yeah. the fucking room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so yeah, mad. It's, 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 it's generally called having a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but generally she just lays on it um, this isn't by by golly this is not a uh, a ghost chair this is edison's moving chair <laughs> listen put me in a big like burka lounger and spin me around doing 360s he at like 50 this. miles i don't care but like oh you God. throw my laundry across the room after i fold did you it, just say so a big burka lounger <laughs> yeah is that what it's called you mean a Barker lounger, not or a Barker not lounger? The, that's the headgear of a certain type of Muslim. <laughs> no, they just, they just get you real. Barker they just lounger. get you real, real tucked in there, real tight, and you know, real, real good head support. A Barker lounger is someone is is a woman at the airport. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> look at that Barker lounger. She she's just chill. <laughs> Made in Burkina Faso. I don't know if you knew that. Oh my god. Um. So one day, uh, an iron fireplace in the upstairs bedroom was ripped off, ripped out of the wall. Um, so after that, uh, paranormal investigators from all around the world showed up, um, claiming to be able to contact spirits and wanting to know more about the the haunting itself. It's the idea that people can just like show up and be like, "I I got ghosts, and I know where they are." <laughs> just like what the fuck? Is, well, it's like fuck it's like the people who about, show up, Elon. It's like the. It's like the people who show up and want to like sell you solar. Like, are you on AT and T? Oh my god! 
But it's like, hey, you got you got ghosts. <laughs> hey, Bro, yeah, can, you got ghosts. Can, I'm telling can you. you. Can you imagine if it was that lady from like Long Island Medium that showed up to that house and be like, uh, oh my god, the real horror in this house is those curtains. Let's get those down. Let's uh, fix this. No, I think you're you're confusing the Long Island Medium for Queer Eye. I think <laughs> my uh, my my favorite paranormal show is the one where they have like the 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 actual like home inspector go in. Or like they'll talk about like oh it's it's haunted or whatever and they'll send like in a paranormal investigator yeah. and then they'll send in like an actual like home guy and he's like well your your the noise is that your a- your AC duct needed like cleaned out <laughs> yeah. or whatever you and, have like, a, and like you have asbestos in here and not only yeah, that it's like, I think the there's walls, radon the walls are actually made out of mercury I don't know how you did it but uh, that's not good um. Is so xenon. most, yeah, the xenon detector just exploded when I brought it in your house. So <laughs> is is xenon the shit that they that the that the women used to paint the watch faces with? The no, that's radium. That's radium. Ra- radium. Okay. Yeah, where their fucking faces started falling yeah. off and shit. Yeah. yeah. And then everybody's like, "Hey!" All the women were like, "Hey, there might be a problem with this paint. I don't know that we should be using it." If you notice, it's the Judy dude, and Claire and Melissa's jaws fell off Bro. last week. <laughs> dude, that's when is. the foreman came in with the whip and it, just started whipping them to get back. Exactly. To the it's my it's my 100% favorite example to throw in people's faces when they say that like um uh when when we get in like union conversations is the radium watches just it's like insane. look at that like when there's no regulation and the business is basically allowed to do whatever it wants then tons of people fucking die you know mm-hmm. and it's like uh, it could have been prevented you know yeah it's fucking ridiculous chance. That, like, any one of the six people that listen to us don't know back around, like, around was it, I think, the 40s? We were hand painting uh, watch. Seven. <laughs> what? Just kidding. I don't know. No, I was like in the 40s because it was around the time of, like, the nuke, right? Because they were still kind of. Well, this was, this was like, it was like the end of the 19th century was the radium. Like, like around the turn of the 20th century was, like, the radium thing. And these women were painting watch faces that would glow in the dark, it, but they were also licking the brushes. So they gave, it, like, that real fine point. It, it became oh, popular. It became popular in the like during World War One. That's like a white source that wouldn't like get your head blown off. Yeah. Um, so, so, so they got they got used more often. But I think by that point they they knew that like radium equal bad. Like like don't don't lick the brush. Like you would think that they knew, but when you also ignore it and you're like, no, like your jaw fell off because you chew too much tobacco. Like uh, something, just any other excuse that they would give. They're just sitting there painting, and their jaw falls off, and the other the other woman looks at her and goes, huh. That's not good. Interesting. <laughs> Sixth person this week. I wonder what oh. did that. Maybe it's the metal. <laughs> I mean, Back to licking my brush. <laughs> Helen, have you been smoking cigarettes enough? <laughs> your your T zone seems awfully congested. I recommend you smoke these palm oil. Listen, listen, listen. You you gotta go to the nurse. Your four humors are off. You gotta get those corrected. All right. Well, Gatorades or Mercury's in Gatorade or something like that. <laughs> your Mercury is in Gatorade. <laughs> your Mercury um. is in Gatorade, and that's why your collar is up. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so most of the investigators who visited the house um, they came to believe that the children had been faking the experiences, um, and also one of the children had admitting to doing so on one occasion. Um, but the Warrens still contended that it was uh, actually real, um, and they they showed up believing that a demonic presence was there. Uh. Um, this was the inspiration for The Conjuring 2, but what in actuality happened is that um, 
Ed Warren arrived at their house uninvited, um, and and they essentially told him to like leave because they didn't know who he was or why he was there. Like, look, I'm telling you, there's a haunting. It's happening right now. Who the fuck are you? (laughs) He's just sitting there. He's. Yeah, yeah, how can I help you? Hey, listen, I'm Ed Warrior. You got ghosts, okay? <laughs> you got ghosts, all right? Um, and, and, and allegedly, it was stated in uh, 2016 um, that uh, that Ed Warren had had shown up, and he had told um, he had told a, um, a parapsychologist who was involved in the case, uh, Guy Leon Playfair, um, that they could make a lot of money off the case. Mm-hmm. There it is. Um, and, um, and he said, he also like, the, cause this is all coming out like around the time that the second Conjuring movie comes out and he's essentially saying like, well, well, none of that happened. And when they showed up, they, they, they were looking to make money and everybody told him to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 1979, uh, the hauntings there, uh, abruptly stopped, which is about two years after they began. Um, uh, and, um, and the, the family also maintains that they did nothing to make them stop. Okay. Um, one notable case, which is also in the Conjuring film uh, franchise, was the trial of Arn uh, Cheyenne Johnson, um, Arne which is Cheyenne the uh, Johnson, hmm? which is the uh, the Devil Made Me Do It case. Mm. There's been a lot of those. You got to narrow that down even more. <laughs> well, this is like this is this is the actual first one. I see. Before this like is, Son of is, Sam and everything. Well, 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 in the sense that. That that he said like somebody had possessed him that ah, that was okay. used as like evidence and that they had paranormal investigators not like ah oh, this 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 nut this nutball claims that he was like <laughs> his neighbor's dog told him to kill. <laughs> That's the funniest fucking backstory for a serial killer. Yeah, my neighbor's dog told me to shoot people. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, on February sixteenth, nineteen eighty one. Uh, Johnson had called in sick to his job at Wright Tree Service and joined uh, his girlfriend, Debbie, at the kennel where she worked, along with his sister, Wanda, and Debbie's nine-year-old cousin, Mary. Uh, Bono, uh, the couple's uh, landlord and Debbie's employer at the kennel, uh, bought the group lunch at a local bar and proceeded to drink heavily. Um, After lunch, the group returned to the kennel, uh, where De- uh, where Debbie then took the girls to get pizza, but insisted they return quickly, uh, anticipating that trouble would happen. Um, <laughs> when they when they returned, uh, Bono, who had become I- intoxicated at that point, had become agitated, um, and um, everyone left the room uh, at Debbie's urging, except for uh, Bono, who seized Mary and refused to let go. Is this, is um, this the guy from U two that we're talking about? Uh, no, <laughs> it's different Bono. Yes. <laughs> the same, and it oh, turned same. out. Okay, it was, this it is turned out right. the whole time it was just the Edge dressed up like a ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. So this, not to be confused with you two's Bono. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. I like it. Who was told to stop in the name of love. Um, so Johnson <laughs> headed back to the apartment and ordered that uh, Bono release Mary. Uh, Wanda recounted the following events to uh, to police as to what happened. Uh, Mary ran for the car as Debbie attempted to uh, mitigate the situation by standing between the two men. Uh, Wanda tried in vain to pull Johnson away, and Johnson, growling like an animal, then drew a five-inch pocket knife and stabbed Bono repeatedly. 
Uh, Bono died several hours later. Damn. Oh, shit. Why? According to, well, because they were like. He was stabbed. That's a good. Because he was was drunk and he was, he was drunk and he was, he was grabbing his lady. Yeah, that'll do it. Did you see, did you guys Um, see that video of that guy, that Uber driver that shot the dude that was like YouTube pranking him? It was going, um, it's going around Twitter. It's the inevitable end of that, of those fucking prank videos. It's the inevitable what's going to happen. Was the guy in the mall? Yes. Isn't that where? Yes. Yeah, and he gets... And he just gets clapped, like, red. It's, ugh, this is ridiculous. I don't dude. feel bad. I do not feel bad for I have two. Yeah, I have two opinions on it. No. One is that, like, as a res- someone who's a responsible gun owner, I would... That does not rise to the level of shoot someone, what he was doing to him. But then, two, it's kind of like, you told him three times to, to back up. You backed up. He got back in your face. He's six foot five. You're, like, five seven. Right. That technically is the he's, scenario in which shoving, you would pull a gun. He's shoving a, f- a phone in your face. There's another dude with him, and you're a little bit worried, right? So, you know, I don't know how you react in that situation, right? But yeah. it definitely is not – it's not a shootable offense, I mean, for really good. It's not a shootable offense, yeah. but, I mean, that's probably the closest thing to a shootable offense where you could – possibly make the claim of yo this dude would not leave me the fuck alone he started making me be in fear for my life even though it's not yeah exactly it's but it's, this is the the the, the it's an argument against it's an argument against concealed gary in my opinion it's an argument against dipshits who want to do prank videos in public absolutely yeah see that's the thing <laughs> it's, it's such a polarizing video because like in one hand i'm kind of like fuck that asshole and then the other hand i'm kind of like why are you shooting people over that like fuck is wrong with you but also you shot the right one to be honest yeah, like, i'm not mad about who you shot either <laughs> unrepentant he's fucking still making the videos like what the he's fuck? still making videos yes this whole time he's been still i'm pretty making the videos. i'm pretty sure he i don't know if it was an editor or not but there was i think he posted to his channel one video where it's like so i got shot yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what are you gonna do shoot me says man who was shot <laughs> man who was shot what are you gonna um, do shoot me and uh by, Say by my the way, first the uh, rodeo, man dies at second rodeo. <laughs> uh. um, and uh, the the man who died, his full name was Alan Bono. Bono was his last name. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, according to uh, Johnson's lawyer, uh, uh, Bono had suffered uh, four or five uh, tremendous wounds, uh, mostly to the chest, and one that stretched from his stomach to the base of his heart. Oh shit! Tremendous, um, like Joey Diaz. Tremendous. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this dog. <laughs> That's somebody we haven't out of the show in a while. Oh man, so good. You won't believe. You won't believe the size of these knife wounds. <laughs> a tremendous job, Tony. A tremendous. Oh my god. Um, ac- according to um, well, uh, Johnson was uh, discovered two miles away from the site. Um, it was held at Bridgeport Correctional Center on bail of one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Um, which is like two times that and. Which is like two times that in today's money, I think. Wow. Okay. Um, so this was the first unlawful killing in the history of Brookfield, Connecticut. Um, the day after the killing, um, uh, Lorraine Warren informed the Brookfield police that Johnson was possessed when the crime was committed. What a weird um, way to phrase it, by the way. Unlawful killing. I, I mean, it makes sense, but like, you know, it's just strange, strange sounding. I didn't know any killing was lawful at all. Unless the state does it. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna give that Ed O'Neill like Wayne's world. <laughs> why do why they, is it when you kill? <laughs> why do they come to me to die, Wayne? <laughs> why is it when you kill the man in a heat of passion, you're considered a criminal? 
when you, when you kill a man in war, considered a hero. <laughs> oh God. Uh. Um, so uh, soon after this, a media blitz began around the story, which was fueled by the Warrens, um, whose agents promised that lectures, a book, and a movie detailing the gruesome case were in the works. Uh, Martin Manella, Johnson's lawyer, received calls from all over the world about what was being called the Demon Murder Trial. Mm. Um, Manella traveled to England uh, to meet with lawyers who had been involved in two similar cases, uh, although neither of those cases went to trial. Um, he planned to bring in exorcism specialists from Europe and threatened to subpoena the priests who oversaw uh, David Glatzel's exorcisms if they did not cooperate with the defense. Uh, David Glatzel was like a famous like like exorcism. Okay. Um, the trial took place in Connecticut's Superior Court in Danbury, uh, beginning on October 28, 1981. Uh, Manella attempted to submit a plea of not guilty by virtue of possession. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. See, that's You're what I'm talking about, I was possessed. <laughs> At the time, I was there were ghosts there, so yeah. I don't. I don't think the son of Sam's like. I, I appreciate sure a public defender. I don't think his public defender was like your honor. My my client is not guilty <laughs> well, by virtue really, of possession. Yeah, I don't really have any uh, defense for you, but there's always ghosts. I mean, <laughs> why, why? Wait, who is he possessed by? Uh, the Lord of Darkness, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of him. <laughs> Do we have a picture of him yet? I believe has you to, might call him read off. Beelzebub. Okay. <laughs> Beelzebub, El Diablo, it just reads off like a 2020 <laughs> Satan, the great adversary. <laughs> Your Honor, I'm happy to address him in this courtroom however you would like me to. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but the uh, the presiding judge, uh, Robert Callahan, uh, rejected the defense. Right. Uh, Callahan argued that no such defense could ever exist in a court of law due to lack of evidence that it would be, quote unquote, irrelative and unscientific to allow related testimony. What the fuck is irrelative? Is that a word? You're goddamn right. Um, well, I mean, it's I, a judge, so he can make whatever the fuck he wants in his courtroom, but I don't think that's a word. I think it's irrelevant. I, I think ir- irrelative is a correct word. Really? Let's, let's, it probably let's, is. I mean, it probably is, you know. We've changed the way we speak, uh, speak so many times. That. Un- unconnected, unrelated, and also related to um, irrelevant. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Sounds ridiculous, but okay. It says it fell out of use largely it's, because of ghosts and demons. <laughs> it's, it's a perfectly cromulent word, okay? It's perfectly cromulent. Oh, man. Yeah. You guys are dropping great vocab words today. Cromulent's not a real word. <laughs> oh. That was, I never uh, heard of it, so I was like, man, that's a good one. The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. That's a perfectly um, cromulent word. <laughs> that, I hate you both. <laughs> Oh, the, the defense, uh, the defense chosen, said to imply that Johnson acted in self-defense. Um, so because of, so because of this, the uh, the jury was not legally allowed to consider demonic possession as a viable explanation for the killing. Oh, good, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, idiot. <laughs> the the jury deliberated for fifteen hours over three days uh, before convicting Johnson on November twenty fourth, nineteen eighty one, of first degree manslaughter. I can just on imagine December- Ed and Lorraine walking out of the courthouse like, nah, you win some, you lose some, you know? <laughs> on- <laughs> you can't save them all. You know, you try to tell them it's possessed, but it's not possessed. Ah, you know, a little razzle-dazzle it is. What it is. <laughs> a little razzle-dazzle, he says. Is that, what, is, that what, is that what Ed said to the presser afterwards? Like he's, yeah. 
Like he's fucking Red Auerbach <laughs> just smoking a cigar sitting at like the press yeah. table. With the big ass Jim Jones sunglasses on. Hey, we tried. Yeah, we gave it a best you win shot. Some, sorry. You win some, you lose some. But what I'm telling you here is Oh my god. <laughs> Hey, my baby. <laughs> Me and Lorraine are going to get breakfast. All right. Yeah, we're going to go down to Perkins. <laughs> go, go catch the special at Shoney's. Shoney's. <laughs> I was going to say those are not Perkins' couple. Oh, no. And Perkins is way too high class for Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, Shoney's, man. Wow. Shoney's or Friendly's. Friendly's was the best. Uh, all right. Okay, wait, we're not going to talk shit d- about Friendly's. D- right? Don't you dare besmirch right. the good Listen, name of Friendly's. I'm okay. just telling you right now that if <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if someone told me there was a Friendly's within driving distance of my house and I could get a fribble, I would take off work tomorrow and buy two. So. Hey, what would you do if I told you that there's a friendlies on iDrive? There's <laughs> a friendlies on iDrive. I'm going to go get a fribble and a grilled cheese sandwich with bacon. Let's go. Oh, my God. So you just good. hit me right in the nostalgia. That strawberry Holy milkshake. Shit. Oh, my God. It is the best. Those in that, glass, in that the, the glass fucking, cups they had for yeah. the ice cream and the sh- oh, and they give you the rest of the shake in the metal cup that they. Yeah, oh, we used God. to go there because um, there was oh, the ice so cream good. and the milkshakes, and then uh, ground round because they gave you the baseball caps for the ice the cream. The ground round, oh my yeah. God! All the nor- like the northeast nostalgia, bro, Holy man. When we used remember to, the ninety nine, the uh, di- like the ninety nine er whatever it's called. No, I don't know that one. Horseshoe is a logo. Oh, it's great. Now nah, we had the ground round, and it was great because when you were, I think you were under five you paid what you weighed like in seven yeah. pennies yeah so like we would go to eat and we'd watch they had like a, the one room on the left and it was all they did was play like laurel and hardy movies all <laughs> all the time in there and like on like a screen and you, they would give you popcorn while you were waiting for your meal it was fucking awesome my mom was real cheap i'd step on the scale she's like pick your foot up pick your pick foot up, your pick foot pick up. <laughs> what are you doing jesus you think i'm it's made of pennies it's not going to change my weight just because I take a foot off the scale. You're still effectively the same amount of weight on the scale. You're bankrupting your poor mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's pay what you weigh, idiot. Get your foot off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh. Um, Johnson was, uh, um, on, on December 18th, 1981, he was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison, though he only served five. Johnson. Um, which is actually pretty common. Um, g- generally, in a lot of cases, you if you have, if you're on good behavior, you only serve like half the half the sentence. Um, Where eighty five percent, my friend, and I think that's the so Florida used to have sixty five percent of your sentence, but that got changed. I want to say in the nineties, so you do eighty five percent at least in the state of Florida. I can't uh, testify, if you will, to uh, other states. What they well, in, well, in states that don't have like. A chain gang ocracy. <laughs> <laughs> Whose fucking entire budget is funded by Disney in prison. Um, but if, uh, it, it, I want to say the feds is like 80%, or I think 80. You don't have to do the 100% in feds either. Huh. Um, so the, uh, yeah, um, I think I was mainly thinking of federal cases. Um, so the, uh, the incident uh, would lead to the creation of a television film called The Demon Murder Case. Which uh, which was shown on NBC, um, and there were preparations made for a feature film, uh, which was uh, stalled due to um, internal conflicts. Um, in 1983, Gerald uh, uh, Brittle, with the assistance of Lorraine Warren, published a book about the incident entitled "The Devil in Connecticut." 
Um, Lorraine uh, also stated that the profits from the book were shared with the family. Uh, sources confirmed that $2,000 was paid to the Johnson uh, family uh, by the book publisher. Yes, and the total profits for the book was $50 million. <laughs> and then, Here's 2K. And this, All right. Well, this... Well, this also became the uh, the 2021 f- uh, movie, The Devil Made Me Do It, which is also another Conjuring film. Mm. So, so I'm wondering how much of the uh, the box office proceeds the family got for that. Unbelievable. The Devil in Connecticut's just based on Jim Calhoun. Fucking <laughs> 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 basketball coach. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's all it is. It's terrible. Um, uh, upon the, uh, the book's uh, republication in 2006... Uh, David uh, Glatzel and his brother Carl uh, uh, Glatzel Jr. Uh, sued the authors Wait, and book publishers for Gladzel. Gladzel. Oh, okay. G L A T Z E L. Oh, okay. Okay, Gladzel. All right. You just know Ed Warren was like, "That's a little bit too ethnic for me." Now sounds kind of Polish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Pol- I work Poles. with these Polacks. I don't know. There's so many. There's so many. Now I got to beep the p word. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's so many poles that are full of ghosts. They got ghosts. There's ghosts. You ever seen ghost pierogies? <laughs> I'm making a fucking punk band, and it's gonna be called Ghost Pierogies. Let's do it. That's an excellent Let's username, go. dog. Ghost pierogies. Let's go. Um, so a lot of this, Duke's where I said that uh, that uh, Glatzel would give a testimony. He it was claimed that he was um, possessed by a demon when he was a child. Um, so they're suing because they 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 talked about that, um, and they um, they sued the authors and the book publishers for violating their right to privacy for libel and quote unquote intentional infliction of emotional distress. Wow. Okay. Um, Carl also claimed that the book uh, alleged he committed criminal and abusive acts against his family and others. Um, he said that the possession story was a hoax concocted by Adam Lorraine Warren to exploit the family and his brother's mental illness, and that the book presented him as the villain because he did not believe in the supernatural claims. Um, mm. He asserted that the Warrens told him the story would make the family millionaires and would help get Johnson out of jail. Hmm. Okay. Um, according to Carl, the publicity uh, generated by the incident forced him to drop out of school and lose friends and business opportunities. In Can you 2007, imagine to drop out of school because that fucking dickhead Ed, Ed Lorraine? Oh my god. <laughs> I'd be so mad that those those human bowls of oatmeal ruined my life to make Why'd me lose friends and shit. Why'd you drop out of school? Uh, ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> These two, you're never gonna believe it. They're called demonologists? <laughs> sounds sounds like sounds like you're in, sounds like you've got a possession on your hands, eh? Sounds like eh? you're possessed. Eh? I might know two people that can help you out. <laughs> Here's my card. The names are Ed and the... Oh, never mind. <laughs> um, in 2007, he began writing his own book titled Alone Through the Valley about his version of the events surrounding his brother. Um, Lorraine defended uh, her work uh, with the family, uh, claiming that six priests who were involved in the incident agreed at the time that the boy was possessed and that the supernatural events they described were real. I think that's a quorum um, of priests, by the way. Six. Yeah. I think that's it. That's what you need. Uh, no, yeah, that's an official word of God the, decision. There, it's good. It's good enough to pick a pope. It's good enough to uh, to determine possession. Good enough to ferret uh, out possession. Uh, no independent verification of this claim about the about the priest's views was provided. Um, Brittle, the author of Devil in Connecticut, uh, says he wrote the book because "quote unquote" the family wanted the story told that he possesses and that he possesses videos of over a hundred hours of interviews. Um, with the family, and that they signed off on the book um, and confirmed that it was accurate um, before it went to print. 
Like you do. Um, uh, the father, Carl Glatzer Sr., denies telling the author that his son was possessed. Uh, Johnson and Debbie uh, wholeheartedly uh, support the Warrens' account of demonic possession and have stated that the Glatzels in question are suing simply for monetary purposes. If they're suing uh, just for monetary purposes, why don't they just go ahead and make the book, not make waves? They could have made money just like that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. All lawsuits are for monetary purposes. Right? Well, well it's they're, in, instead of to address like real grievances, they're just saying they just want money. Oh, uh, okay. They're, they're saying it's like uh, the callous Cause, kind cause, of thing. Because I, I believe the, cause the lawsuit is for them to like, the, the lawsuit is for them to like stop publishing the book. I got it. I got you. But again, if they just if all they're in for it is the money, just make the stupid fucking book and you can make a ton of money. Well, well you also like without the opposite though. Yeah, yeah, but 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 the thing is that like they don't like it because it's like making the family look bad. Yeah, because because remember they're the one with like the demonically possessed son. Yeah, they go to job interviews and they're just like, yeah, we were going to give you the job, but uh, tell us something about your son. <laughs> He's got ghosts. Well, yeah, well, Guy's got ghosts. You know, the, you have to live with the fact, you know, that Ed and Lorraine Warren were, like, involved with probably the abuse of, like, your younger brother and are profi- uh, profiting on it. Okay, fair enough. Um, so the event inspired the uh, the 2021 film, uh, The Conjuring. Steve, the Devil Made see, Me Do I, It, as I said. My thing with ghosts is that, I, I, you know the Mario ghosts, like, how they, they're not moving? They're, they basically don't exist when you look at them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how ghosts are. They're called boos. That's, what that's I the scientific name. Yeah, the boos. I think most ghosts are boo ghosts. Like so you look at when you're looking at it, you can't find it, but like it's right behind you. You know? It's like walking <laughs> up dark stairs in the middle of the night, you gotta walk up a set of stairs, something's always behind you. I think I've said this on the show before. I used to close the office at my old when we were in our old location and it was kind of like in the back of this office park i was the last person to leave the fucking office park and the office when you shut the lights off was super dark so i would mm-hmm. i would like out of pure like active will thing i would walk around the whole office in the dark just just because i was like there's nothing in here you know? just to prove to yourself that nothing's there. yeah and then one time there's a feral cat in the back that knocks dude, a cup dude, off of a you desk be, and you shit your fucking bro, pants we were always <laughs> scared in there every day there were like there was some noise in the back like in the server room or something like it would just you'd hear stuff you know and yeah. i'm just like i don't know what it is it's florida there's probably like a fucking uh a meth addict in the ceiling you know <laughs> yeah someone's but, cooking up there yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Um, a- another case that the um, that th- that the Warrens would investigate was the case of the uh, the Smurls, um, <laughs> who owned a-, a double block house. I'm not even going to bite on that. S M U R L S. All right, listen. Some jokes just write themselves, but go ahead. I'm not even going to bite on that. Um, <laughs> the uh, the Smurls claim that their um, that their encounters with the paranormal began in um, in their uh, West Pittston, um, Pennsylvania home. Um, in August of 1973, um, according to them, after they had moved in in 73, soon after in 1974, Smurl sounds like a like an Appalachian like way of saying your car's like leaking oil. You know, you need you, you need smurl in there. Smurl. Now, now I tell you, now I tell you what, your your car's smurling all the way down the down the turnpike there now. You're smurling all over. Hey, I'm um, smurling here. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, so they uh, they reported that paranormal activity began in 1974. Um, one one such incident was they reported that a television set burst into flames, and they also said that a stain appeared on a carpet overnight. Um, water pipes began to leak, even though they were uh, repeatedly uh, resoldered by a, a plumber, 
um, and scratches resembling those from a large cat appeared on uh, paintwork and bathroom fittings. Hmm. Um, in 1977, uh, they reported that events began escalating. Um, toilets flushed without human intervention. Uh, footsteps were heard on the stairs. Chest drawers opened and closed unaided. Uh, radios uh, worked when they were not plugged in. Rocking chairs rocked while empty. And a sour smell filled the house. All of that is explainable. <laughs> Every single bit of that is explainable. But go ahead. I mean, let's see how close they are to Philadelphia. <laughs> Jeez. I- Listen, you don't need Ed and Lorraine to figure this one out. You got a stain on the carpet? Yeah, your kid fucking dropped some food and tried to clean it up in the middle of the night and didn't failed. Just failed and went back to bed. <laughs> you got sour and smells? Yeah, your ref- it's it's the seventies. Your refrigerator probably broke. <laughs> like <laughs> Oh yeah, there it's by Scranton's, so that's why. Uh, there you go. Sour the smell. The electric city. Um So in nineteen eighty five uh, John and Mary claimed to hear loud, obscene language, and Jack and Janet's house would also become um, a- extremely uh, cold. Okay, once um, again, you're in Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, two days after this, an icy cold uh, swept through the house, and a strange black human shape allegedly materialized in the kitchen in front of Janet. Um, it was about five feet nine inches tall, with no facial features. It, it later appeared to, to Mary Smurl in her kitchen as well. Um, they also claim that the premises were disturbed by a demon that caused loud noises and bad odors, uh, threw their dog into a wall, uh, shook the mattress, pushed one of their daughters down a flight of stairs, and physically and sexually assaulted uh, family members on several occasions. Oh, damn. Um, in 1986, uh, the family uh, brought in Ed and Lorraine Warren to get to the bottom of things. Uh, oh according to Ed... Go. Here we go. <laughs> According to Ed, the demon that inhabited the Smurls' home was very powerful, um, and it shook mirrors and furniture after they tried to persuade it to leave by playing religious music and praying. All right, everybody. pissed off because they were just playing (laughs) some, like, God rock. All right, everybody. Everybody, uh, hold hands. All right. Our God. He's an awesome God. God. (laughs) It's 1986, so he's just like, I got the new Striper album. (laughs) If anything, you're just making the ghost upset, you know? Uh, uh, Ed claimed that he felt a drop in temperature and saw a dark mass form in the home, and the demon once left a message on a mirror telling him to get out. Um, after months of investigation, um, the Warrens alleged uh, that, uh, or actually Ed specifically alleged that he had a number of audio tapes uh, containing knocking and rapping caused by the demon. I'm rapping. The demon was spitting. I'm rap, rap, rap. <laughs> It was like also the mid '80s, so he was just rapping about going, going, having dinner at his friend's house, and the mom made like, <laughs> they like was on you or something. Guest, uh, guest track on the Beastie Boys. <laughs> uh. um, Professor Paul Kurt of the State University of New York at Buffalo, and then chairman of the committee for the scientific investigation of claims of the paranormal, um, said that the Warrens were obviously um, obvious to us, um, but this is him stating it weren't objective independent or impartial investigators and characterized the Smurls' claims as a hoax, a charade, a ghost story. Ooh, big fight um, Kurt, words right there. Okay. Uh, Kurt said that the family's claims were possibly due to delusions, hallucinations, or brain impairment and advised that they submit themselves to psychiatric and psychological examinations. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having somebody like that be like, yeah, just get your fucking head checked, okay? 
Uh, Jack Squirrel uh, told a newspaper reporter that he, quote-unquote, had surgery to remove water from his brain in 1983 because he had been experiencing short-term memory loss due to a case of meningitis in his youth. Um, Allentown's like... Water from his brain? Ryan, is that a thing? Yes, it's called hydrocephalus. Oh, hydrocephalus. Oh, okay, yeah. I never put two and two together that it was water. I just thought it was liquid. Uh, now they just put shunts in to drain it. But I mean, like, now it's a very, I'm not going to say common, but it's a very easy treatable. procedure, we'll say. Right. Yeah, very treatable, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? 1983, ooh, they could have easily fucked you up back in 83. <laughs> back in 83, the way we ooh. dealt with hydrocephalus was we got a Stilson wrench and we just wrapped you on the back of the head. I, oh, God. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't want to have, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't want that surgery back then. <laughs> An Allentown psychologist, Robert Gordon, again saying the obvious, stated, uh, People often look at demonology to explain many tensions that they experience as individuals and within their families. They go right to demonology, uh, huh? A uh, uh, spokespeople for the Roman Catholic Church, uh, specifically the uh, Diocese of Fran- uh, Scranton, um, said that they were unsure what might be causing the disturbances. Um, St. Uh, Bonaventure University theology professor Alphonsus uh, Trebled um, said that there might be other, uh, quote-unquote, less demonic explanations. Um, he said the home was blessed by several priests who said they, quote-unquote, saw no harm, uh, no harmful activity while on the property. Um, Janet Smurl uh, claimed an identified priest performed three unsuccessful exorcisms and that the demon avoided the rites by, quote-unquote, moving between the double-block home and following the family uh, to other locations. Um, in 1986, a priest from the local diocese uh, spent two nights at the home and said nothing unusual happened during his stay there. You don't say. Um, in 1986, the Sproles told the press that they were tired of the constant media bombardment um, however, several months after, they had authored, along with Adam Lorraine Warren and a Scranton newspaper writer, Robert Curran, um, a paperback uh, book version of their story called The Haunted, um, which was published by St. Martin's Press. Um, the book was criticized by reviewers such as Wilkes uh, Bear Times leader staff writer uh, Joseph uh, Marasak, um, stating, uh, Robert Curran uh, forsakes the principles of his trade to give readers a one-sided account of what did or didn't occur over several years in Jack and Janet Smurl's former home. <clears throat> Smurl. A reviewer, a reviewer uh, Mary Beth German, uh, wrote that the book was poorly written, adding, it is hard to conceive of a supposedly sophisticated objective, and as far as I know, at least until now, credible reporter uh, like Curran, um, taking the story seriously, giving the complete lack of any empirical or physical evidence to support it. So wow, they, um, they they ripped into that book. Yeah, and the uh, the same year, uh, a pastor of the Immaculate Conception Paris in West Pitson, a Reverend uh, Joseph uh, uh, Adonzio, uh, told the Sproles he felt that after intense prayers, that things are back to normal. Um, in 1987, uh, Janet uh, told reporters that they uh, still heard knocking and saw shadows. Um, and after the the Sproul family moved um, to uh, Wilkes-Barre. Um, uh, Deborah Owens uh, moved into their uh, former home in 1988 and told reporters that she, quote-unquote, never encountered anything supernatural while living there. Once again, you don't say. <laughs> as much as I want it to be real, you know what I'm saying, and I would love to experience some, like, real-life spooky shit like that. Absolutely. Just, Let's do it. Bring it on. It's just... 
there's the only you know I think what I would do if I you know if if money were no issue there's a was it the Ohio State Reformatory where you can go and like go overnight and they just kind of open up most of the prison for you and you can just kind of wander around yeah. all night long. I might, oh, I've yeah, never was, been there, but my brothers used to go to Eastern State Penitentiary all the time. I would do that in a heartbeat. That was uh, that was on that MTV show where they would just like give people like those like camera rigs and just like oh, let fear. Them... Oh my yeah, god, fear. That was such a good show. Um, so they attempted to make an actual movie out of the case in 1991, um, but the best they could do was making a um, a TV movie that was made for Fox called The Haunted. <laughs> Aired on Lifetime twice and then never showed again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Ed and Lorraine, as mentioned earlier, that they also ran the Warrens, um, if you actually believe any of this is real, like, very, like, questionable uh, decision-making process, uh, a cult museum, mm-hmm. um, which apparently is currently closed. I don't know what its status is, um, which was um, which was at their, their house in Moreau, Connecticut, um, um, and um, the the museum uh, displayed many of the quote unquote haunted objects and artifacts from around the world that they encountered, um, and uh, most of them were artifacts from their uh, famous investigations. Um, the museum is currently owned by their daughter uh, Judy Warren um, and her husband Tony Spera. Um, in a nineteen ninety seven interview with the Connecticut Post, uh, Steve uh, Novella. And uh, Peter uh, DeAngelis, they investigated the Warrens for the uh, uh, for the New England uh, Skeptical Society. Um, they found that the couple to be uh, poison, um, but their claims of uh, uh, of demons and ghosts to be quote unquote at best as tellers of meaningless ghost stories and at worst dangerous frauds. Um, they took the the tour, which was at that time thirteen dollars, um, and looked at all the evidence uh, the Warrens had to offer in the museum. Um, they watched videos and looked at the best uh, evidence they had. And their final conclusion was that it was, quote-unquote, all Blarney. Blarney. All Blarney. They must have touched the Blarney stone. Bap, bap, bap. Get a little kiss. Um, uh, they found uh, common errors with uh, flash photography um, and, and nothing uh, outwardly evil in the artifacts they encountered. Um to quote, they have a ton of fish stories about evidence that got away. Um, they're not doing good scientific investigation. They have a predetermined conclusion, which they adhere to literally and religiously, um, which was according to uh, Novella. Uh, uh, Lorraine uh, said about the, the men who, after they, they wrote their piece, the problem with them is that they, quote unquote, they don't base anything on a god. Um, which Novella responded it takes uh, work to do solid critical thinking to actually employ your intellectual faculties and come to a conclusion that actually reflects reality. That's what scientists do every day, and that's what skeptics advocate. God, it, you know, something that was said in the 90s, still it, it, it still rings true today. You know what I'm saying? It takes work to critically think about things. You know, and just TikTok has just ruined people's ability to think critically about things. <laughs> if you think um, it's TikTok, you have... Yeah, I think you're selling your argument short. Social media All right. in general. The fucking MySpace, whatever. I don't yeah. know social media. <laughs> just say social media. It's just social yeah. media. People just basically well, all we gotta, repeat whatever. All the we fuck know is they Tom. Say. 
Tom is the the cause of Western civilization's yeah, downfall. Yeah, he's the decline of Western civilization. <laughs> I, okay, now Tom. I pause it. Tom is Tom is the goat. Tom made his money and sold MySpace. We have never heard from that dude again. That is the goat, smartest man, and unlike Zuck, who just can't stop stepping on rakes, or the other <laughs> asshole whose name I'm not even gonna say. Jesus I'm gonna Christ. get in an MMA fight. I'm Zuck. <laughs> How do you call your fucking website X, but you don't change the domain name? It still says Twitter.com. You fuck. God, I hate him so fucking much. Yeah. Um, in an article for the Sydney Morning Herald that examined whether supernatural films are really based on true events, um, uh, the investigation um, was used as evidence uh, to the contrary. Um, it, as uh, Novella's quoted, uh, they the Warrens claim uh, to have scientific evidence that does indeed prove the existence of ghosts, which sounds like testable claim into which we can sink our investigative teeth. What we found was a very nice couple, some genuinely sincere people, but absolutely no compelling evidence. Um, so uh, it, it was made clear that neither uh, DeAngelis nor uh, Novella thought that the Warrens would intentionally cause harm to anyone. They did caution that claims like the Warrens serve to reinforce delusions and confuse the public about legitimate scientific methodology. Right. So in the in the I don't even know what the word I would use in the supernatural uh, fandom, we'll say right the, the uh, TV show. No, 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 no. <laughs> like the supernatural, like the the ghosts, the, the, the paranormal demons, community, the vampires, I guess. The paranormal community. Okay, here we go. In the paranormal community, <laughs> are Ed and Lorraine Warren laughed at, or is it? Are they like, oh, they're the cute old grandmas? Yeah. We just kind of enjoy their, or is it just like? I said earlier that. Most of the people, I still listen to a lot of paranormal media, and most of the people there just don't really respect them at all. They're like a joke. It just depends who you're listening to. I I think a lot of it is the demon thing, because like a lot of paranormal investigators, I I would say the vast majority of them, are not really into that sort of like, uh, like cosmology. Right. Um, and, And like, no one hates like paranormal investigators more than like other paranormal investigators. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> like, like they are, they are the most, they are the most catty and like, just like they, they all hate each other. They're all competing with each other. Uh-huh. Um, and like, that, that's like the whole thing about like the men in black that there's a, there's a common theory that the men in black were actually other paranormal investigators, just like um, playing like pranks on other paranormal investigators. I thought the men in black were aliens. Well, well, that's like that's like the that's what the claim is. But but in reality, what it what it seems likely is is that it's just like um, oh, okay. other paranormal investigators okay. just like setting them up with stuff to, to see like if they posted or whatever. Gotcha. And like and like just like just fucking with them. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, it it it, it tracks, right? Like that's what they do. Like they fuck with each other. But yeah, they all they all like. They all, they all hate each other. They all have their own, like, version of things. And since they don't use, as mentioned, any sort of, like, scientific rubric, mm-hmm. that, that they're always, like, at odds with each other. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, for instance, even though they're, like, like books on, like, demonology, it's like feng shui. But, like, no <laughs> no no two, like, feng shui masters can agree on what the proper yeah. feng shui is for something. The red it's, it's the same thing the for all these other people. Your room. Put the red object in the south corner on Tuesdays after February. Shut the fuck up. None of you know what it's the, the same thing is. as wine sommeliers and everything. Like they can't identify a, a boxed Franzia from like a top sh- a top tier. If there's you know, such a thing. I, white zinc. I you know? used to think that. I can't find any information about that. 
Like, but I, I looked it up a long time ago. I thought I think there are actually legit sommelier sommeliers, but I think people just like their taste. Well, they're, they're not like exactly special. You know what I mean? A sommelier's job should be to say, "Hey, listen, this is kind of the tasting notes that you're going to get from this, and this is what a good pair would be." But the problem is that people have elevated sommeliers to a point to be like, "Oh, they can tell expensive right, like they're wine engineers. from cheap wine. They're mouth engineers." <laughs> No, the fuck they can't. If you blindfold somebody and give them a glass of wine, there's no unless you give them like toilet wine. There's no way you're gonna be able to tell the difference toilet between wine. cheap That's and the expensive. Best right there. <laughs> Picks up notes of the bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it's very strange, but I, I you know, whatever, make your money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you win some, you lose some. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes I can tell you the good, the good wine. Sometimes I can't tell you. Hey, it is I what it was Beaujolais. Turns out it's piss. I'm sorry. Now, now, pass me that Seagram's bottle. Thank you. Um. So Ed would die on August 23rd, 2006. Rip to a real one. Pour one out for the homie. And uh, Lorraine would die on April 18th, 2019. Um. Ed was 79 at the time of his death. Um, and Lorraine was 92 years old at the time of her death. Do we know how they died? Well, obviously, the, the demons finally got them. That was my question. <laughs> I was going to ask, was it the demons? Did they get them? You know, Ed Ed was decapitated by a sheet of glass like in uh, the Omen. <laughs> <Man. laughs> and Lorraine drove too close to a log truck. <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah God. Lorraine, Lorraine got Final Destination. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Because she was a 92-year-old woman driving. <laughs> if, she's, if she's a 92-year-old woman driving, she's about to final destination somebody else. Oh, man. She's going to drive to a farmer's market. <laughs> and then blame it on the demon in her gas pedal. <laughs> My car is possessed. I don't know what's going on. Now, Your Honor, my car has been christined. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> is that it? Is that the story? Is that, is that the end yep, of the Yep, that's the story. <laughs> that's the story. This story of two assholes who just cast doubt on everything scientific now. God damn it. <laughs> There's creepy stuff, but there's no ghosts. Oh, yeah. Like I said, the creepy stuff is trying to walk up a flight of stairs in, you know, you know low light. <laughs> it's the Schr- it's Schrodinger stairs. Schrodinger. It's, it, the thing is always behind you until you look. <laughs> oh, Alright, and with that, I'm going to use the horror music on this one. Good night. <laughs> Good night. I'm going to go one of my stairs and turn the lights off. Stay careful. Stay safe. <laughs> Bye. Later.